good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Wherever you may be, I hope you have blue skies and a smile in your heart. Welcome to That Other Lifestyle Podcast, where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, and the weird sides of this wild lifestyle. Please head over to our website, thatotherlifestyle.com, to find our blog and merchandise store. You can also find our group on sdc.com. Subscribe, comment, like, and all that good jazz for me, please. Disclaimer time. This podcast is for adults only. It is not safe for work. We will be discussing topics of adult and sexual nature for 18 years and up only and for entertainment purposes only. I also try to be as inclusive with my language and terms as I can. It can be challenging to formulate and write and say all the inclusive terms in every instance. For simplicity's sake and time management, I may use terms like husband or wife or partner or spouse for the purpose of the narrative I am sharing. This podcast is for everyone, though, no matter your background, gender identity, gender expression, or whatever truth you may be living, everyone is welcome. Good news, listeners, we now have a Patreon. If you like the show and want to support us, get bonus content and other fun stuff, check us out at patreon.com slash thatotherlifestyle. Thank you to our very first Patreon supporter, Kay Lou. Your support means the world to me. I'll be putting up bonus content like my own unedited ramblings, bedtime stories if you want to fall asleep to my voice, and hoping to get a nice community going over there. And with that... Officially, welcome again to the show. Shout out to our international fans. Someone in Australia is listening to me. I promise I will not attempt an accent ever. I do appreciate y'all listening from around the world, like our new friends in the UK and Germany. I will admit my own perspective on the lifestyle is skewed because I'm only familiar with what swinging is like in the States. So if you're from another country, send me a message at thatotherlifestyle.com. I would love to hear about your experiences and what it's like swinging around the world. Last episode, we talked about penises. A lot of penises. Spent a whole episode talking about it. I thought I was done, but no, no, no. As I was looking at my notes, I realized there was enough stuff here about penises to do a whole nother episode just talking about dicks if you haven't heard the first part go catch up on that episode first and i promise i will have a lady on the show at some point in order to properly discuss vaginas glorious happy vaginas but today it's all about the twigs and berries meat puppets yogurt slingers bald-headed giggle sticks this is the redickening part two this episode will be general advice about the male member, slong, chicken, wiener, comprised of random bits of information you may need in the lifestyle, and masturbation. Going to dive into that subject too. And balls. So many balls. Everywhere are shiny balls. The best phrase I read online from a lady while looking for research on this episode, no penis ever made me orgasm. The person attached to it does. Remember, sex is 90% mental, 10% physical. Maybe 80-20. Maybe I could go 75-25 over negotiating. But the point is that your ability to please another person physically involves a lot of mental aspects. Overwhelmingly in my research and conversations with women about this topic, they all said a similar theme and idea. Women are those who are attracted to masculine presenting persons with dicks. Find the body attached to the dick more important and sexier than just the dangly bits. Take that advice to heart. Your outward attractiveness in the lifestyle is not based on your dick size, no matter how much the vanilla world tells you that. We play by different rules than the vanilla world. We experience joy and attraction and passion and compersion and sex in totally different ways than our vanilla counterparts. If you're new to the LS, learn this fast. If you're experienced, let me remind you, you are more than your dick. I want to convey that dicks, whatever shape or size or girth, are normal. 
We are all unique in the design of our personal dicks, but they all mostly follow the same general shape, ball, shaft, head. I wanted to do a second episode to address concerns you may have about not fitting the standard mold of dickery. Maybe you're uncircumcised or fall outside the standard range for dick size. That's okay. I always want to be as inclusive as I can with my language and my topics and my approach to the audience. Again, this episode is for anyone who may have a penis or however you identify. You can call it whatever you want. For my purposes, I will try to find the most juvenile terms I can when I'm referring to the spitting cobra. So anatomy. I'm assuming most everyone who is listening today has a penis or touched one or saw one on the internet. So we all have an image of generic dongs in our brains as we discuss this, just dancing and bouncing around. And ha, I made you think about peckers. Basic anatomy out of the way. There is one spot on the wing I want to call out. The frenulum. The fancy term for that spot on the knob on the underside of the head or glands if you want to be technical. Pay more attention to that spot. That spot is magical and needs more love. I am collectively gathering mental energy from all penis-having people out there and passing it on to those who may want to share kind tongue gestures with that spot. That spot right there. Do that. So depending on if the man is circumcised or not, it might be easier to get to the frenulum than others, which leads us into talking about circumcised woodies. Crazy thought that the default setting for the wild willy is circumcised, at least here in the West, where circumcision is more prevalent. I'm going to gracefully sidestep any discussion on the appropriateness or support or not supporting of circumcision and go straight to whether or not you are circumcised. Uncircumcised members have benefits that include a little extra skin and girth, a more sensitive glands at the top, and better general floppiness. The downsides include having to clean your little buddy a little bit more consciously and condoms. Full disclosure, I am circumcised, so a lot of this research comes from the trusty internet. Clean your dick. Whether you're circumcised or not, clean it, moisturize it, be nice to your dick. Of the ladies I talk to, the majority have never been with an uncircumcised man, so for those of you still sporting a turtleneck down there, you might have the novelty factor going for you when talking to the ladies. From the ladies I talked to who have experienced sex with an uncircumcised penis, the consensus was, it was all right. Not much different. Again, we are not defined by our bananas. I do want to pass along advice on condoms specifically for uncircumcised peoples that I came across. I am circumcised, so I can't talk from personal experience, but any talk about condoms is good talk. The recommendation for condoms is try a size slightly bigger to accommodate the extra skin. That advice applies to everyone with a penis, though. I cannot stress enough how important it is to find a condom that fits right for you. You may have it in your head that you don't like condoms because they are too tight, or you had a terrible accident where one of them slipped off, so you choose to forego them completely, which is dumb, but people do dumb things with their thoughts. And make sure you roll it down completely, which again applies to anyone with a penis. There are companies online that can make tailor-made condoms based on your particular dick measurements, so really there is no excuse on why you can't find one that fits. And another note on condoms, when you're stocking up and you should totally stock up ahead of time, make sure you get a handful of the non-latex variety as people do have latex allergies and some people do not care for the smell of latex condoms. Throwing out this next bit of information to the ladies, or those who may not have a penis but want to interact with one sexually, be nice to the dick. The dick is way more tender and sensitive than you think it is. Do not scratch it, do not bite it, do not yell at it and make him feel sad. Do not pull on it or yank on it. Yes, it is possible to break your penis. 
you can either break the shaft itself by bending it at an angle hard and fast enough. That is why, uh, if you're on top, don't just jump off like the Titanic is sinking under you. Get off gently with firm footing. The other way to break your penis is at the base of the shaft. Both of these require trips to the hospital, and then you have to explain to the doctor while the broken dick person in question is writhing in pain that you decide to try a new position called the gyrating cement mixer without warning that poor bastard ahead of time. Be nice to the pecker. Don't hit it. Do not use your teeth on the poor little guy. If a man gets one bad blowjob, he is going to be gun shy for a while. And it is possible to bruise the penis. It happened to me. It is not a pretty sight. Ice helps and so does crying. A penis can suffer permanent damage if someone is too rough with it. There is a population out there that likes cock and ball torture. I am not one of them. You probably won't encounter anyone who does in the wild. You could ask, but the act of asking is going to cause me and every other man who is not into that sort of thing to cringe a little bit. If cock and ball torture, or CBT, that's the acronym for it, by the way, is your thing, I suggest you go to FetLife. Go straight to the fetish websites as you will have a better chance and better luck finding willing participants on that site. No judgment, though. Whatever you're into, as long as it is consensual and safe and fun, do you. Talking about pain leads me to balls. I am not good with segues. The balls, the twins, the brothers. You have met them. They hang out with a real dickhead. Balls are not sexy. Balls are not glamorous. I have never heard a woman say, you know what I love? Big, heavy, orange, orange sides balls. Real heavy ones. Balls with heft. They're balls. Maybe you have two or one or none. This episode is not about balls specifically, and I really don't think I could make a whole episode about balls because to me and lots of people, they're kind of boring. I don't think about mine unless I sit on one of them. They stick to my leg when it's hot. They get in the way of the gym. Don't get me wrong. I love them dearly, but <laughs> they are not all that sensual in my opinion. For anyone having sex with a ball-possessing individual, be nice to them. Don't yank on them. Maybe a gentle kiss, but that's it. Just pretend they don't exist. The line between sexy ball play and painful we are done with this encounter is very, very thin. Better to err on the side of caution. Just as balls don't want to be endangered, you know what also is super sensitive? The cervix. Don't punch a person's cervix with your dick. Don't do that. Women do not enjoy having their cervix slam repeatedly. Depth does not equal enjoyment. And let me not speak in absolutes, probably a few people out there listening who are thinking, yes, punch me, baby, jam it right up in there really hard. I will admit, if I'm in a sexy situation and a woman whispers, punch my cervix, I'm done. I just can't. I am making jokes, but this is a real issue. This is especially true for men who may be bigger than the standard dick size of five to six inches, and we're going to talk about managing depth later. Find the positions that work best for you and your partner and your dick size. So a quick anatomy lesson for women are those having vaginas. Most nerve endings that elicit pleasure are in the front of the vagina, like the first two inches. The G-spots in that area, the clitoris is right outside the door, not much feeling in the back. That's what science tells, science tells me, and I'm going to go with it. In a lifestyle situation, what does all this look like? Ask. Ask a potential partner what positions they like, what kind of stimulation they like. You could jump in head first and start banging away like a set of pans in a dryer, praying and hoping that you accidentally bump into the magical button that activates orgasms, but the experience is much more enjoyable for everyone if you share, and if they share their likes and dislikes in turn. The conversation prior can lead to way much more enjoyment later. 
So, who is ready for a badly planned transition to another topic? I am masturbation. Male masturbation. I am willing to bet you still masturbate the same exact way you learned when you were 13. Fast and frantic and quick, three minutes tops. You might use porn for extra sensory, extra sensory stimulation, but the process is the same. You grab the one of excitement, maybe add in some lube, and then you yank on your joysticks till it feels good. There was a reason when you were younger to make it quick, fast, and in a hurry. But you're an adult now. You can relax. It's okay. Oh no, your partner might catch you. Oh no, they might offer to help. Then it goes from no longer being masturbation to something that's called winning. What can happen for men or penis-having individuals is they develop a death grip. Death grip is when you squeeze and pull on your penis during masturbation way too hard. If your little buddy is sore or raw after you choke the chicken, you are doing it wrong. The downside of the death grip is you become acclimated to that sensation, and then you can only climax with that same amount of pressure and stimulation. I found this on hymns.com and I wanted to share with everyone, quote, death grip describes a relatively common problem for men being able to reach orgasm during masturbation, but not during partner sex or penetrative sex. It's unclear where the term originated, some credited to sex columnist Dan Savage in the 2000s, but googling death grip meaning or death grip urban dictionary may not tell you what you really want to know. Death grip syndrome is a slang term without a formal medical meaning. The science behind death grip masturbation doesn't really exist, at least not anywhere we trust, but the basic concept is that an overly firm grip may cause penile desensitization, desensitization, which could make it more difficult to reach orgasm during sex without doing the same move as they are doing during masturbation. A man affected by death grip syndrome might find it fast and easy to reach orgasm when they masturbate, yet find it slow or impossible when they're having sex. To reach orgasm during sex, they might need to masturbate to climax even with a partner present. The best approximation of death grip syndrome in medical literature dates to a 2015 article on a condition called, I'm going to butcher this, anorgasmia, the inability to orgasm and delayed orgasm. The authors noted that men can sometimes suffer from both problems due to their masturbation habits. That masturbation may be more enjoyable sensation than intercourse with a partner, causing some intimacy issues. End quote. I want to point out that this is not an official diagnosis or a medical term. This is just a catch-all term for you're squeezing way too damn hard when you're wrestling the one-eyed anaconda, which can be awkward and swinging because no one is going to grip it and rip it just like you. So you're effectively training yourself to only climax in one way with one type of stimulation versus, say, a blowjob or having sex. If this gets you off, more power and run with it. If it ain't broke for you, don't fix it. If you do want to fix it, there are solutions. Solutions that will lead to happy penis and better enjoyment from the lifestyle. This is with a caveat. If you have a medical condition, if you are concerned about something, go see a doctor. I ain't a doctor. I am just here to tell you how to masturbate gently. First step, either stop masturbating completely or solely rely on external stimulation from another person, which sounds wild, but look at it as a really good reason to ask your partner for more sex. You can even tell them you're training and need assistance. Another step, just use a softer grip, like consciously try to grip the wanker softer. Might take time to get used to this new method, though. Another simple solution is to set a timer. When you're younger, we try to masturbate as quickly as possible for fear of someone catching us. You think all I need is two minutes in the shower and I am good. Try this new method. Set a timer 
Find a quiet place. You are an adult. You can find 10 minutes by yourself somewhere. Set a timer and don't climax until the timer goes off. Start with three minutes and work your way up from there until you say hit 10 minutes. Modulate the sensations to keep yourself right on the edge until the timer goes off. This also helps with premature ejaculation and edging. The benefit of this method is it will teach you and make you more mindful of the signals your body sends to your brain to indicate proximity to climax. By becoming aware of these sensations, you can then use that knowledge when you are getting frisky with another couple to prolong the experience. Your penis will send you signals if you listen. We can use those signals to make sex better. And I'm not talking crazy either. By taking time when you polish the silver or when you're with a partner to really feel what your body is telling you, you can read those signals and adjust things in the moment. If you have a penis, you know the tickle. That sensation right at the end of the rainbow that tells you something good is about to happen? Back that up one step. What sensation precedes that tickle? You ever thought about it? Go find out. This way, when you are with another couple, you can pick up on the signals your body is broadcasting and either slow down, change positions, or take a break as needed to keep yourself in the game. So, last episode, I mentioned that most men fall into the standard size of 5 to 6 inches. There are bell curve distribution graphs all over the internet about penis size. I've seen them. This is true based on science. One note, never trust self-reported penis size statistics. We know all men lie about it. And oh yeah, if you are a little buddy having individual, don't lie about your size. It's tacky. Let's say you tell a couple that you're packing eight inches and you show up with five. You are a liar. The truth will come out. You know this, so there is no reason to lie. Most women do not base their decision to proceed with shenanigans upon your penis size alone. See my previous comments and my later comments on personality. Outside the bell curve standards, there are outliers. I do see questions and forum posts on the internet about men expressing concern about being too small or too big. I need to go off on a rant right here. There are men who are legitimately concerned about the size of their penis. My heart goes out to those men. I'll be the first one to say, you're normal, it's okay. Whatever you're packing is fine. Enjoy yourself and be kind to others. But there's also a population of men that will use faux or false concern about their penis size as an excuse to send dick pics to women and get people to talk about their penis for their own ego. I see you. I see you doing it. You drop into a forum or Reddit post, express this big sob story about your penis is too big at 7 inches and no woman can handle your massive mammoth dong and woe is me. And then you gobble up all the compliments people give you, suckling away on the teeth of human kindness. That is bullshit. Stop it. I ain't here to celebrate your dick. I don't care, nor does my wife care how big you are. It is not a selling feature of a person. And dick pics. Let me give you the hard truth. Women don't like dick pics. I know some women do, but for the sake of getting men to stop sending unsolicited dick pics to random women, the men who do that need to know that no one likes it. We're using psychology here. With dick pics, always ask for consent before you send them. Some women do like them, which is fine. I don't know any woman, though, who likes unsolicited dick pics. Like, you send a dick pic before you even say hi. Let's run through this logic. As a man, you send an unsolicited dick pic. Your dick is so amazing and glorious that you believe this woman will travel across the country just to touch it. It is so special and different than every other dick within a hundred miles of her. Your dick pic is so artfully and tastefully photographed that it should be in the Hall of Dicks Museum. The great truth of this is, bigger is not always better. 
I cannot stress how much your personality matters more than your dick size or your dick pic. More ranting. For guys out there, do not send a dick pic as an introduction to a couple for reasons I cannot fathom. Single guys, and maybe a few married ones in the lifestyle, believe that they can skip conversation completely and send over a dick pic, and everyone will be magically hypnotized by this erect penis. It doesn't work. Or maybe it worked one time and you heard it worked maybe from somebody, so now you always try it in order to get laid with the least amount of work possible. This is the same guy who will show up for a date, last all of three minutes, and bounce right out the door. I guess it's like the spray and pray method? If you send enough dick pics to enough people, then statistically this method has to work at least once, so say a ratio of 100 dick pics to one success, which means 99 other people are put off by you because you use this method. See, the whole rationale falls, falls apart. We need to talk about dick sizes some more based on the overwhelming number of posts on Reddit about this one. The lifestyle is more about variety of lollipops versus who has the biggest one. If you fall on the smaller side of the bell curve, there are solutions, so please calm your worried mind. Number one, personality. Number two, use your body. Number three, extensions. Note I made personality the first solution personality and the lifestyle can go very far. I know you may have confidence issues if you feel inadequate in the dicular area. I can tell you from lifestyle women's feedback, personality is a big deciding factor in how far an encounter will progress. Attraction is primarily mental and having a good personality, good sense of humor, and confidence can make up for any self-perceived physical shortcomings. You may only have three inches of willy, but if you can make a woman or a person or whoever you're attracted to laugh till they cry, they will be attracted to you regardless of your size. Remember, if you get to the point of getting naked, you have already passed many, many other tests. If you are on the smaller side, you got fingers and a tongue, don't you? A segment of the womanly population may only be able to get off with penetration, which you can find out ahead of time and use your fingers. Other women really enjoy clitoral stimulation and that you got a tongue. Learn to use them both and trim your fucking fingernails too. I will personally veto a couple if the husband has dirty, gnarly hands. Trim your nails and clean your fingernails. If you're on the smaller side, share it ahead of time. If it is a deal breaker with another couple, then you don't need them people in your life anyway. If the experience does progress to sexy time, make sure that you deliver with your whole body. The third option is a penis extension. This isn't just for people on the smaller side, though. It's a great way for couples, vanilla couples, to try out a new dick without having to involve a third person. A penis extension is a silicone sex toy that slides over your existing penis either with a loop around the balls or via suction to stay in place. It will add girth and length depending on your preference. They come in many different sizes and textures. And a note about sex toys. Make sure they're made from body-safe silicone or body-safe materials. I know you may go on Amazon and you see a vibrator for $20 and you think, oh, this is a great deal. Be careful. Do your research. That $20 vibrator might be made from materials that are not safe to insert into a human body. Spend the extra money on toys that are made from safe materials. I want to give a non-sponsored friendly shout out to Sensual Extensions. They make body-safe silicone penis extensions. If you want to find them, go look for Sensual Extensions, all one word, on Etsy.com. Again, Sensual Extensions, all one word, on Etsy. I like this company because they make a good product and I want to share their information with everyone. 
the process when you want to order an extension from Sensual Extensions and maybe other suppliers. You have to take measurements of your penis. Be honest, because the interior sleeve is designed to fit you, your personal length and girth. The sleeve itself will slide snugly over the penis. It will stay on, I promise. Like I said, this is a great way to add some extra oomph to your little buddy or just try it a new dick if you want. This is a great entry point for couples discussing swinging, let you try out a new dick in the privacy of your own home. And in recommending penis extensions and all sex toys, I got a pro tip. Put them in a heating pad ahead of time. Bring some up to body temperature and it leads to a much more pleasurable experience versus using a cold or room temperature sex toy with your partner. Going to the other side of the bell curve. What if you are bigger than six inches or seven or eight? Congrats. Yeah, you have a big pecker. The downside is finding a partner that can accommodate all those extra inches. If you have a bigger dick, you know what I'm talking about. You can definitely cause discomfort or even pain for a partner by being too aggressive. Remember what I said about punching the cervix? If you are on the bigger side, learn your depth. You are probably already aware of your size and how much your wife can handle. That comes from years of experience with your partner. With a new partner in the lifestyle, they are not used to your size. You are not used to their body and different vaginal depth. Don't bang it out fast and hard. Go slow. Feel out the situation. You can use positions that limit depth like missionary or at the very least, communicate a lot. Ask if you're going too deep. Listen to your partner's words and body language. For all penis-having persons in the lifestyle, you will have sexual relations with new partners. You already know your current partner. You know their body language. The way they moan and move and tense up their muscles and facial expressions. You know your partner's signals. You are fluent in this language. For new partners, though, you are going in blind. Lacking a translation guide, you will be learning another person's sexual language for the first time while you're having sex. Some men don't care. They will do what works with their partner and then try it with everyone. Twist here, lick this, insert, and finish. Remember, sex is like music. Sex is a symphony of two or three or four or more bodies coming together. Breaths are notes. Climax is a crescendo and we are all the instruments. Maybe your partner really likes 80s hair metal and you can happily march to the rhythm of Bon Jovi's Living on a Prayer. But a different person might really like 2000s pop and you need to try some Britney Spears. With a new person, you lack the years of experience you may have with your partner. You need to learn in a span of minutes what they like and don't like. Maybe they will communicate ahead of time. Maybe they communicate in the moment. And maybe they say nothing at all. So how do we gather this precious feedback? Use your body. Feel their body with your body. Listen to the sounds they make. If you do something that makes them moan, keep doing whatever action you were doing at that moment. Don't change it. If they pull back, change the action. This is especially true for newbies, and advanced people need to hear it too. One final note, I know most of this advice is coming from a heteronormative place, discussing relations between two heteronormative couples. I don't want to be exclusionary at all, and I want this to be a resource for everyone. For some in the lifestyle, due to hormones or life choices or transitioning to their true self, maybe your penis no longer works. Maybe you now call that organ by a different name. For you, live your truth. Maybe you don't enjoy any sexual contact with that part of your anatomy, or you use it in non-traditional ways. That's okay. Live your truth, whatever that may be. There is a place in the lifestyle for everyone, no matter what you do or not do with your boomstick. I choose to refrain from discussing the intricacies of different gender expressions or different gender identities because I just don't know. I live my life as a masculine, heterosexual, male-presenting individual. I don't want to make any assumptions about others or talk for another group of people. I want to be respectful of everyone.
Certain hormones or medications can definitely impact the performance and capability of individuals to gain or maintain an erection. It is your personal choice what you do with your penis or whatever name you call it. I recommend having that conversation prior to any engagements, though, with other couples to level set expectations. You never know what people might be into until you just bring it up. For all penis-having people, whether it works, in air quotes or not, does not determine your viability or enjoyment of the lifestyle. Your mental outlook, communication, and openness do that. And put your sex toys in a heating pad. No one wants a cold dildo. Thank you for joining us today. If you like the show, please subscribe and like and follow wherever you may be listening. Check out our website, thatotherlifestyle.com, where you can find our blog and merchandise store. Consider signing up for a newsletter, maybe, so you can always be the first to know what is going on with that other lifestyle. I always appreciate hearing your feedback and comments on episodes or suggestions for topics, so please reach out to me. We got the Patreon at patreon.com slash thatotherlifestyle for those who want to support the show directly. And my personal disclaimer. I am not a medical professional, nor am I a trained or certified educator of any kind in any way. I am a guy with a microphone sharing my personal experiences with you. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only, and please join us for the next episode. Whatever you may do today, I hope you have a fantastic time doing it. Know that you are appreciated and loved. Have a great day.